Hey, I just wanted to interrupt this intro to apologize profusely for everyone who has been waiting for their podcast to be published. This is the day that many will be coming out per week until I get caught back up. I've still been having a live podcast, but I have not been editing or putting them out. I don't know what happened. I don't really have an excuse. So I am just deeply apologizing to everybody, including Demi, who I already published. Thankfully, my friend Chris is helping me edit again, and he's saving the day. So Craig, I am so sorry. This has taken so long. You are amazing, and I can't wait for people to hear what your your story is. And for everybody who comes after, I just want to apologize. Just so you guys know, anybody who's listening who hasn't completely given up on me, you can always come live. It's every Wednesday. I just appreciate your grace and your patience with me, and I appreciate your support so, so much. I can't tell you, and I'm, I'm just, there's lots of shame and but I don't really know why I have done this, but I just wanted to apologize to all these awesome people that you're about to hear. I'm going to hopefully publish three a week until I get caught up. So I hope you're ready for an incredible deluge of design recharge. Hey everybody. Welcome to episode. Hmm, let me look. 358. This is Design Recharge. I'm your host, Diane Gibbs, and I'm so excited. Today's my mom's birthday. Happy birthday, mom. I know you won't ever listen to this. Happy birthday. <laughs> she usually comes. So today is Craig Hayworth. I'm super excited because Craig and I met through Melinda's group. Uh, that's how I know Jamie, too. But Craig and I, we met. He is an entrepreneur, absolutely. He's self-taught, uh, but he's an actor. That's what he learned. And then... We have some amazingness, and I think it goes back to him being able to um, see the full picture, hear the whole story, tell, and he's very, uh, he drinks the story brand Kool-Aid like I do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah you can say that. <laughs> anyway, so I'm excited. He's lots of ideas, uh, multi-serial on entrepreneur. I feel like that's like saying you're a serial killer. But you're in England, so it really doesn't matter. Right? Now, if, you, if you spell it with a C, it's more like you eat a lot of cereal. That's the way, that's the way I like that's to right. think of it. All right, yeah. so we're going to get in because today, one of the things Craig knows how to do, oh, and big announcement, Craig is going to be one of our teachers at camp. This, he's the first person I asked, and he said yes, and so I'm super excited. So we're going to be talking about scaling businesses in different ways people are scaling, and Craig is doing this in a unique way. So we're going to get right into it, but Craig, you've gotten us a, you have a, an amazing path that's brought you here to design, but also to running a creative business, and can you just give everybody a little bit of your background and tell them what you studied, in, even though I just already gave it away that you studied acting? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hi, everybody. So, uh, yeah, I'm Craig and I basically, I'm self-taught. So I came into the design community uh, because I moved to Los Angeles because I trained from age 14 to 25 as an actor. And I went to Los Angeles to continue my acting career. And I landed there and I had a couple of gigs. And as they uh, concluded, 
I was obviously left with a three-year visa and I'm in Los Angeles and I had no income and I had to try and find work and obviously work as an actor is extremely difficult. And um, so not being able to necessarily go get a job at Starbucks or at a bar or anything else because obviously I'm in the States on a, on a one working visa, I, um, I needed to find ways online that I could earn money through uh, English companies and you know people who are abroad and work you know, uh, across uh, different uh, countries. So. I uh, decided that I thought it'd be a great idea to build websites for actors because I thought I know a lot of actors and they all need a website, uh, but they, they also don't have any money, what I soon found out. <laughs> so I was trying to build these websites, trying to sell them, 300 bucks a piece. Nobody would buy them. Nobody had the money. I was like, what am I going to do? And unfortunately, one of the people that I asked had a roommate who was a furniture, like built his own furniture in his garage. And he said, oh, I'll have a website off you. And I built it on one of these, you know, like essentially the Squarespace type things back in the day. I think it was called Moon Fruit, <laughs> something crazy. <laughs> it's essentially like the MySpace of uh, <laughs> Squarespace. Well, there you go. And, um, uh, and I built it uh, on that and, uh, and I sold it to him. And then it, it, my company formed and it was Yeti. And uh, so I came, I just basically Googled everything. I just, I didn't know how to do it. And I just, you know, how do you build a website? And then I learned that and then how to, and how do I design a logo, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I just, through referrals, got more and more work. It, it really was a case of, uh, and I'm sure some people in the group have found this and uh, watching this, is that when you really put yourself out there to say, oh, this is what I do and I can deliver this for a set price, is that people then do come to you. Now, it's not the case of if you launch it, people will come. But ultimately, through referrals, what happened is that, oh, I know somebody else who's looking for X, Y, and Z. And, and then it just grew from there. But what ended up happening is uh, uh, I ended up getting bigger and bigger contracts. And I, because I, I don't know if this was a scarcity mindset that developed this, but I, I was, because I was in LA and because I had no, uh, re other avenue of work. This is, you know, there wasn't a plethora of jobs. I wasn't able to just jump, to, you know, look in online and get the next job. I was, uh, I was very aware this is my only source of revenue, and I would go home. Like the the stakes were really high. The other motivator that I had as well is that I, eight months before I moved to Los Angeles, I'd fallen in love uh, with my then girlfriend, now wife. And I, was, uh, and I was adamant that I would get her out there as well and get enough money that I could bring her over and we could get a visa together and everything else. So I basically just, I never auditioned properly when I, went to, when I got to LA and I just put my head down and I just worked and worked and worked like 16 hour days. I, I remember I had a desk in the corner that I, was part of the rented room that I got and uh, I would get up in the, um, in the morning, work, eat, Go work and they go back to sleep and I was just basically in this bedroom for like eight months just working building this company and uh and then 14 months later so 14 months long distance with my uh, my wife now uh I managed to get her out so managed to get enough money and bring her out and uh, she quit a job rented out a house and all of that and and flew over so that was a big moment but and and what I always found is that actually is that I love, I love acting and that side of uh, my life, but, and I still go to acting classes and things like that, but, and I've been in your film recently, but I, with Yeti, there was always a, an, a more immediate return of investment. It's still very creative, which obviously uh, acting and the arts are, but it was also 
I put in one hour, two hours, 10 hours, 20 hours, and I saw a return, not necessarily even monetary, but I saw like, oh, there's a website that I just built. And it's like, it's an immediate return of investment. And that was really something that pushed me because with acting, you can, you can audition and audition and audition and audition. And it's just rejection after rejection, not even necessarily because of skill set. You can work on your skills and your, your performance level, but you walk in there and you're just too tall, too short, too ugly, too fat, too thin. You know, it could be, uh, you know, you can just be too, you're taller than the other person that they've cast and that's going to be a problem on set or whatever. And it's, and it's completely out of your control. Whereas in our, in our industry, in this, in this, uh, <laughs> you the harder you work, uh, the better your work is, you, the market will speak and, uh, and you will float to the top, as it were. And I certainly found that that seemed to be the case with, with Yeti. Okay, so now I have even more questions that weren't on the sheet. But okay, people, right. okay. so, so Emma's here, Rafi's here, Hannah's here, a bunch of people, some people you know too. So anyway, okay, so how did you get the name Yeti? Because Doc was like, is that that picture behind you? Is that, does that say? So, oh, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Does that say Yeti to you is, or is it backwards? It's, it my, says Yeti to us. It's just backwards for you. Okay, it's backwards for me. Right. Okay. Well, that's good. So I don't have to look at myself in the weird way that you see me. Okay, that's really good. Um, okay, so yes, Yeti. I came up with Yeti, believe it or not, because there was, a, uh, there was a whole array of companies being set up by then. So I set up Yeti in 2011, and they were all like uh, weird animal names, like Male Chimp. And, you know, there were so many of those companies coming uh, into the startup world that I, uh, I was like, what? crazy weird sort of uh, animal hasn't been used yet and uh, we came up with Yeti and it were, originally it was big Yeti media and then I'm and I, through a uh, an opportunity with a domain name I managed to get Yeti Inc and that's when I uh, sort of rebranded slightly and, and went just down to Yeti so yep. okay Yeti. okay it's not because you're cold and furry and big and extinct <laughs> no it's not it's not any of those yes scary and eats random you know exactly no okay so so in this, um, so the return on investment. So as being an actor, I'm just asking from an actor standpoint. So what is the, what drives you to be an actor? Like, what's the result for you? Like, why do you do it? Well, I think if I'm being completely transparent and completely honest, you know, I was young when I decided I wanted to be an actor. I was uh, sort of 14, 15, 16. And, you know, you stand up on stage and you get the applause. And, you know, uh, I was also, I was, very, I was quite ill as a child. I had a, a, um, an illness called ME. It's like a post-viral fatigue syndrome. And so I was from like 10 to 22. And I, I had to move schools. I wasn't in high school for, for very long and things like this. And I, um, so... Uh, then when I discovered drama and it was more vocational and it wasn't, you know, etc., I just really dived in. So then I went to college and studied it. Then I went to, uh, then I had a couple of years in rep doing rep theater and things. And then I went to What's drama rep school and theater. Uh, repertory is like um, you go from one theater to the next to the next and it's doing different shows and things like this. It's really quick, fast paced sort of shows. And um, I did a lot of Shakespeare and stuff like that in rep. And then I went to drama school and where you do like a BA honors degree, but it's more like 12 hours a day or 10 hours a day, very little written work. It's all, you know, um, all learning the craft. And then I came out of there, it's 24 and 
then worked a little bit, I would say. Uh, I've, I've got a few friends, most, most of my peers didn't do much, and then, but there's a few friends that have done a lot more than me. But, uh, but I worked in like TV and film and, uh, and then theater and musicals and opera and stuff like that. So, so was any of it, because I think about when you do a movie, it's, it is fun to do it, but there's no audience. So then it's about how, I think what, I would think as you develop, as you get older, you would hope that they would be able to put themselves in your shoes and it, you would have an emotional connection to the audience. Like your character, at least that's how movies are for me. Like I totally become whoever that person is. Like, hmm, maybe this sounds like I'm doing drugs or something, but I'm not. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think. It, yeah, no, I get. Yeah, no, I understand. And that's and that's kind of what it ended up becoming, actually, because I I, I had to search deep for a real reason that or a reason that I could like in the second year. of the, the first year of drama school, they break you down is what at least the drama school that I went to. They really pull any ego away from you and they and they make you make you question everything. And, and I did have a like a, a what, what I could almost call like a rebirth, you know, where I. I was burnt down to the, just a small ember, I think, as I've described it before. And uh, I then had to rebuild myself up because I realized that everything I'd done up to that point, I'd done for, through the opinions of other people. You know, I'd, I'd never, I'd never I, I kind of woke up one day and I'd never made a decision for myself. Like everything, everything from the, the television that I bought to the clothes that I wore to the way that I walked, everything, everything was through like, how will it be perceived and how, and how can I change to, to be perceived in a better, a better light? And it was just, it, yeah, I got completely broken down through drama school because their belief obviously is that if you're truly going to be able to portray another person, another character, um, then you've got to be you've got to be completely malleable, completely empathetic, understand compl other people's points of views. And that kind of, you know, um, introduced me to psychology and things like this, which I really enjoy. And so that's where the second uh, sort of uh, motivator of continuing the acting career came from, because then it was all about delivering truth on the screen and uh, giving words voice, you know. Um, so, yeah, so that's what I enjoyed about it. Okay, so then this makes me even connect. So you said when you described what you had to do, you had to be completely empathetic. It had to be about somebody else. It wasn't about Craig and what he wanted. It was about the character. Well, that's exactly what we have to do as designers. If you're doing a website for somebody, you have to get in their shoes. So again, this is another benefit of your acting, I think, right? You know, it's it's funny because you you've said this before, and I uh, you you have a way of of connecting dots that I just that other people I assume certainly I never see, and and it makes complete sense. But I've never considered it that way before. But you you know you you you're probably right. There's a there's an element here that's of these two skill sets are tie in to, to the idea of me creating Yeti and growing a team. And then uh, with the skill set of, of an actor and the empathy and because you're right, as you were saying, I'm nodding and thinking that's exactly the, the way I am with my team. Is it? And that's why they've stayed with me for years. And that's, you know, despite getting better offers elsewhere and double pay and everything else, they just, they stay with me. And that's, and I think there's, 
there's got to be a crossover there which you're connecting and maybe your listeners and viewers will but <laughs> i'm sat here going hmm so <laughs> but it's also you, you know you took on challenges so think about like with acting you might have had like the shakespeare stuff and then you go and you're on a movie or you're in a commercial or you're doing something it's it's leveled up well same thing you did with these websites you were building for these you got bigger opportunities how come sometimes we get stuck i think it's because we think that maybe we've hit our cap and i think as an actor you're like i can do more i could get i could do better or you didn't have that same i actually think that there's something for us to learn and maybe we all need to take an acting class because we need to be some we need to we need to get in the amy cuddy talks about um in her ted talk which i can share a link later or maybe doc can find it or somebody else could put it in the chat but it's you know it's a it's she doesn't say fake it till you make it. She says fake it till you become it. And I actually think this is like a great thing of what I love to learn from Craig about. So you have something to teach us. Do you want to jump into your deck? Because we didn't even do a practice on the screen share. I'm so sorry. Like I just got so excited. But I just think there's yeah. so many connections about you being an actor and you it's it's that you're gonna figure it out instead of I think yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a whole there's a whole array of points you hit on there, which is one that's this idea that we believe we have a cap, and and the funny thing is, I I may or may not believe I have a cap, but the the irony is I'm I'm bringing in other people with that skill set, you know. So it's like it does it's it's completely beside the point of of whether I or not have or believe I have a, a cap of some kind, because I it's. You know, essentially, I'm selling uh, services and products to the clients using the world's skill set, you know. And as long as I create an ecosystem and an infrastructure where I can facilitate drawing in great talent and keeping them and managing them and et cetera, then in theory, it doesn't matter what I, what's asked of me. I can supply it because there's always going to be someone out there for the right price who will do it. But here's another one of Craig's superpowers that he totally overlooks is that it's about his ability to communicate and motivate these people. He can communicate, figure out enough. He can be the actor and see what he needs to do to be able to talk the lingo for an animator to get it done. And I think that that's like getting into character. We all need to be able to get into character a little bit better, I think. Right? Yeah, it is. There's definitely a point in my process where I have to I have to understand the the job that I'm asking other people to do to the point one because it just protects you. It protects you against uh, which I discussed. I was discussing this deck as well, but it, you know it'll protect you against uh, being taken advantage of, obviously. But it also um, it also means that you'll be able to find the people that you're looking for because you know what's required of them and uh, etc. So there's definitely you definitely have to know enough. Doesn't mean you have to be able to do it, but you have to know enough about what what you're providing. But you also, one of the things that I think Craig can do that I can't do that I want to learn from Craig how to do. Well, one is build a team like this. I can't wait. But he'll talk about more at camp. Hopefully, you guys will come. Um, the other thing is that he can communicate, communicate his needs. I, I've realized this as I'm trying to do what Craig's doing, like hire contractors. It, I'm still in that. Well, I know when I'll see it. Oh my gosh, don't we all hate that? Oh. I do not want to be that client. So, but you're able to communicate what you need, but you also believe in them and you give them creative freedom, which I know you're going to talk about in this because we've talked about this, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can touch upon that definitely. Okay, okay jump right, into so, it, buddy. Right, let's do it. So I'll uh, I'll share my screen, shall I? Okay, great. Uh, so yeah, basically what this deck is about. Now we've touched upon a, quite a lot of uh, different points here, but this deck I'm just going to solely focus on uh, the whys and the hows of developing and building a team to uh, around the services that you're providing. So. Um, what I would say as well is, is uh, don't necessarily worry about taking notes or anything like that. Uh, one else, I've, I've got a link there, the build your team link in the corner. You can just head there and you can download this deck. So, uh, so don't worry about that. Um, so yeah, you can, you can have access to this deck. So let's, let's just go through it. Um, okay. So yeah, most freelancers have trouble growing their business beyond themselves. I certainly felt that. And I know that I hear this all the time. Um, you know, if you, especially you're delivering a service, whether it be a graphic design service, whatever it is, and you get clients and then you've got to um, manage those clients and obviously deliver those services to them. So what ends up happening is that uh, you end up quoting for that and you end up finding yourself in a really difficult position, not being able to grow outside of uh, yourself. So it becomes a freelancer business as opposed to a, uh, a company of people delivering a service. Um, yeah, because you're managing everything. From the client work to the sales, the onboarding, etc., the marketing, you know, SEO, SMM, you know, etc., the actual service you're delivering, the operations of the company, finance, uh, invoicing, cash flow, proposals, you, you name it, you know, it's there. Um, and I've got a, a mini list of all the all the stuff that you essentially have to contend with. So if you're if you're uh, in that boat, then I I understand it. I was definitely there and. Um, uh, this is one way you can get out of that boat if you're looking to. Okay. So, um, and the, the irony is, is not only is this uh, problematic, your work life, as it were, with all the stuff you have to contend with when you're trying to grow your company, but then also the actual factions of life, you know, uh, the physical aspect. So in terms of you exercising, et cetera, intellectual growing, intellectually, emotionally, your marital, your parental obligations, your social obligations with your friends and family, your avocational um, and your financial. It's just, you know, you've got your time split all those different ways. Um, so it's, so it's with all of this going on and all of this going on, it's, ex it's extremely, uh, it's extremely weight loading. So wait, wait, um, what's avocational? Uh, the opposite of vocational. Word? What? The opposite of vocational. So oh. you, like your work-life balance, essentially. You got okay, work. sorry. No, sorry. Uh, so yeah, so uh, occupancy by more than one person is dangerous and lawful. Uh, I thought that was an interesting thing. So growing uh, outside of just one person, uh, I found extremely uh, scary at first. And the irony is, is it's, it, you should be more scared of, I, I should have been more scared of uh, being solo. And that's the irony behind it being scary. The roadblocks that I hear, and I also told myself many times, is that it takes me much, uh, it takes me as much time to tell someone what to do as it does to actually do it. You know, uh, there's an, there's an array of reasons for that, which I could uh, do a whole deck on uh, individually, but I won't. Uh, but um, you know, another one is that it's just never as good as me. Uh, you know, uh, again, there's a whole deck there. Uh, it takes me as much time to uh, so much time to manage them. It costs me money that I don't have. I can't find good talent. I can't vet good talent. I can't keep them. I can't train them. So there's so many, so many roadblocks. And you probably these are 
the core i'm sure there's a few more there's these are the core uh roadblocks that you're uh, you've been presented with when you think oh i might hire someone to do this or i might just oh it would be amazing if i had another person to help me with x y and z and uh so i'm going to try and create a a meditation over how you can avoid these roadblocks okay so so that so let's go into the why so why would you even decide when there's all these roadblocks why even bother right okay and uh because money doesn't cut it okay so when i was originally thinking well why what's the purpose of growing right what's what is the real purpose you know you have to have a real like a a, a real purpose that motivates you to want to grow outside of just yourself because and it can't be money because although money does come and it sometimes doesn't, you know, you can make your company less profitable and et cetera by growing it with the team, et cetera. So it, it shouldn't be about the money though. Money can come from that because obviously as you grow a team, you're delivering uh, a larger amount of work. So, uh, so obviously we all know that money is, is, doesn't need, even need to be said, but we all know that money is not uh, a source of happiness. So you shouldn't be chasing it. Um, you're all aware of that. I don't need to talk about that. Um, <laughs> okay, so why? We don't listen to ourselves. You're a bad boss and you're a worse employee. Right? <laughs> so I because I, I, I'll often find that, and you must know this, the, if you're a tyrant to yourself and you tell yourself to do something, um, such as go through the obstacles and the roadblocks of, uh, of growing a team, you'll, uh, you just won't listen to yourself. You, and this is the exercise uh, thing all again is that, uh, you say, oh, tomorrow I'm going to exercise or something and you don't listen and you never do. And you, it's like, you're a bad boss and you're a worse employee. Uh, so that's what this image is about. I particularly like that part of the image. That's really, that's, that's the best <laughs> bit right there. That's a really good bit. Uh, <laughs> I like that his belt is undone. It's like, he yeah, forgot exactly. to even get dressed. Yeah. It's just, just hanging in there. That that's just hanging in there. And, and then another thing that happens is as well, when you, when you kind of, uh, even thinking about uh, tackling these roadblocks is you kind of, you go, oh, but why? But everything's, everything's going swimmingly. You know, everything's actually okay. And you, 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 you kind of tell yourself, no, it's fine. I've got my clients. They're doing well. Like, uh, you know, I've got work. I should be, I feel gratitude for that. I should be happy that this is okay. I shouldn't be pushing the boat out, et cetera, all the, all the analogies. Um, so, so, yeah, so let's, you know, you'd be crazy to grow a team, right? Um, I love that image. <laughs> That's so weird. Um, yeah, you'd be crazy to grow a team. And, uh, and you're right. You would be crazy to grow a team. But uh, let me have a meditation on why this mess of growing a team would be, uh, would be worthwhile. Okay. I'm going to sort of uh, try and present it to you. So, well, first of all, nearly everything you appreciate was created by more than one person. There's very few things that you uh, interact with in life that is created by only one person. I'm thinking what the love of another person and a piece of artwork, maybe. I don't know. I'm sure there's more. Even another but, person was created by two people. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, you should help me with the deck. There you go. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I put the road in there because I got a, f a funny story. I was um, uh, sat right here and where I am in my home office, I, I'm in like a, a bay window upstairs here. So there's like windows behind you. And, uh, they, the road was shoddy where I live. It was like potholes and everything else. And uh, they were relaying it. And I'm sat here working and, uh, and 
they they came in and they tore the road up virtually in a day, just like ripped it to shreds and uh, with this massive, obviously, piece of equipment. And then relayed like all the foundation and everything else and then relayed the road in like 10 days. And it got to the end of the 10 days. Am I allowed to swear? No, I shouldn't swear, should I? Yeah, we keep it PG, ass and bitch are okay. Okay. All right, but bitch is okay? Wow, okay. My mom right, thinks right. that one's okay. Okay. Um, well, yeah, and I basically, and I watched this happen right here, and I got to the end of the 10 days, and I was like, they've just load, um, uh, they just, they've just laid a road right, right in front of you. What have you done? bitch <laughs> is what I thought to myself, you know, and it's, uh, it's funny with the, it, that's like an, an immediate like example with, with lots of people with the same goal, with the right equipment, you can do so much in so little time. And it was just a new, it was a, another wake up call. It goes back to acting too. Who wants to watch somebody, just one person forever for two hours? Nobody. Well, the acting thing, yeah, there's a, it's, it, you, you've seen the list of people at the end of a, of a movie. It's just, it's just it's, you know, person after person after person after person. It's just, there's so many people involved. And, and so, yeah, well, this goes into this, actually, because I also, another side of this is I'm going to present to you that it's a moral responsibility for you to be all that you can be, okay? Now, not to get too deep here, but I believe in fighting being comfortable, and then it's your duty for being human. And, uh, and I'll delve into that a little bit more without, without getting too preachy. Um, so the idea of being all you can be and, and how that ties into growing a team is because I, I've always found that whenever I've chased happiness, uh, it's always eluded me. And, because, uh, and whenever I've prioritized happiness almost, it's always eluded me because... I never really know at any point what is going to make me truly happy. And, and something that made me happy previously doesn't necessarily make me happy again. Or, and so, it's, so it can often be elusive and fleeting almost. And, and so what I found that gives me a stronger sense of like stability and, and feels like more solid ground is if I, is if I aim for meaning. And whenever I, aim for meaning it stays where it, where i think it should stay and then i stand on it with it and it and it gives me happiness and it can even be through unhappy times you know when when something bad happens as long as you can find meaning through it 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 becomes less of a tragedy and so i've uh, and so tying in meaning as opposed to happiness to a team is the fact that if you build if you build your team, you can, you can deliver more to more clients. And what ends up happening is that your work becomes more meaningful because of the amount that you're delivering. So, so I say strive for meaning, not happiness. Um, and take on as much as responsibility as you can. I think, I think because responsibility is the way into meaning. I've found through my life that I cannot... I've never found anything really, truly meaningful unless it's a massive responsibility. And anybody, anybody knows that when you, if they have kids or uh, if they've truly committed to a, a loved one or um, looked after a, uh, uh, an ill parent, whatever it is that, you know, the, the, it's the amount of responsibility almost directly for me is correlated to meaning. So take on as much, as, as much responsibility as you can. It's not, it's not bur burdensome. It's not, 
it's not something to be avoided. And I found that the more responsibility I've taken on in personal life and also work life, uh, the more meaning I've found in it. So I'd encourage it. And that's how it, that, that's how it ties into growing a team because you're able to take on much more responsibility. And, uh, and another reason for that as well is it's because it's, it's not just you you're affecting um, because you're affecting the, all of your team, but then also your, your family and, uh, and everything. So, um, and it's even more prevalent nowadays when you, because you're in the middle of a network, you're in the middle of a, uh, a literally a social network. Uh, so everything you do and say matters and, um, and it's, and it spreads and it can, uh, and we all know all we need to do is hear about somebody's story and, and it, and it lights a fire under you or it just shows you something can be done or, and there's, uh, uh, so yeah, so it's not just you, you're affecting if you don't really truly push yourself. So I would, I would encourage that. And then the final thought is, well, what better thing do you have to do? That's, that's the question, isn't it? What else, what else could you focus on that is better than that? Please email me if you find something, cause I would love to know it. Um, Okay, so so say you're even contemplating the idea of taking the leap. Just so you know, uh, here, I thought that stuff was amazing. The responsibility is the road to meaning. That's powerful. Oh, good, great. Well, thank you. Anyway, keep going. Okay, great. So, um, okay, well, yeah. So some of the benefits uh, that you could possibly expect, certainly some of the benefits that I have found, is that. Um, yeah, and I've t- touched upon this slightly, is that you get a, a larger impact with your clients' businesses. I, um, as I've grown Yeti, and Yeti's like a six-figure agency, and we, um, uh, uh, we work with web applications now, and, and, and that's kind of how I started in, as you know, just developing websites to sort of like builders and click-and-drag type things. And then as it grew, and obviously the uh, clients required more and more uh, complex uh, applications, I then brought more and more people in to be able to deliver those. And, uh, uh, and what happens is then the, the amount of impact that I was having on the business was massive to them. And then they started writing me into their business. So I now own, like I, I own and I'm part owner of several businesses uh, and many, some of which are client businesses. And so, um, so you end up having a, a massive impact uh, because what, and this is, this isn't in the deck. I'm just going to side note here. This, what I, I, people, there's a lot of talk about niching and generalizing and stuff like this. And I'm a, a big fan of niching down for lead generation. Um, but I'm, I'm a bigger fan of, um, of niche, niching publicly and uh, generalizing privately. And I'm stealing that from somebody else. But um, uh, because when a client has come to me and I've developed their website, for example, and they go, oh, it'd be amazing if we had like an animated video, especially like five years ago when they were all the rage. And, uh, and, they, and they go, do you do them? And I go, yeah, 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 we do them. And they go, oh, amazing. Uh, let me just send you a script and then we can uh, talk. And I was like, yep, great. And then I go off the phone and I Google how to do an animated video. And it was literally that, that uh, you know, uh, like I knew nothing about making an animated video. And videos, and then I would uh, Google it. And then because I knew that I'd be able to hire somebody who was an expert in that field, who would be able to deliver great animated videos. And all I needed to do is, is connect that and bring them in so I could deliver the project as a, through my also 
view of what the client needed, et cetera. So it wasn't me necessarily pulling the wool over the client's eyes and saying, oh, I, I, me personally can do it. No, it's no, we can do it. But me personally, I can definitely do it. And then just, you know, failing miserably. It was me saying, no, we, we can do it. As yet, we can do it. And I would bring somebody in to be able to do it. So, um, uh, and then through my lens and my understanding of the client's needs and requirements, I was able to then put my, um, what would you call it? Like quality filter on top of it. And then that's, was presented and so the client then uh, was always happy um so okay so that's larger impact on your clients businesses another benefit is that you can be able to run several task projects businesses all at the same time now i do that so i run yeti uh it's like brand strategy and experience design and then i also run filmed which is a startup for the film industry ironically and uh we're building a web application at the moment and it's going to be launched in january next year uh, so that's the startup I'm running there. I'm also CTO of uh, one of my clients' businesses, Pet Insurer, with a sister company, Petted, and that's like a price comparison website for pet insurance. Uh, we have monthly retainers with PGA. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm in lots of different businesses and helping uh, in lots of different ways. And I'm, able, I'm only able to do that because I've got people who are, are part of Yeti and we all work together. The other thing as well is like sense of community, like you're building something of value together. Like there's a massive, there's a mass, especially right now with coronavirus and everything. There's, it's so lonely, right? You, you must feel that, right? You sat there on your own, building your own thing, and the only way you're really communicating with people is online, and it's tough. It's really tough. Whereas if you're by building a community, by building a a, a company of people that are all working together, you can you have that camaraderie, you have that sort of, you show up to work each day with the same people and it's just, it's, it's, it's worth its weight in gold. That alone is worth it. Pressure is off, right? So you must feel this, like the pressure, the, the, the pressure of doing all the, the things uh, that a business requires of you, um, let alone the deliverables for the actual client is just massive and it's, and it's, it's immediately removed when you, when you spread out and you, and you bring more and more people in because any, and everybody has their own avenue and their own skill set. So you have more time, more money, ideally, if you, if you frame it right, because uh, obviously each person's work you're getting a profit from, which uh, you know, ultimately ends up in more freedom for you and your family. Uh, stability in your business because you're spreading, you're spreading your uh, your chips, you know, as you were. Um, you're uh, you've not got all your eggs in one basket. Let's chuck in all the analogies. Let's go. Um, so um, yeah, you, your stability of your business. If one, uh, you know, if that if that animated video fell through, it's it's not gonna crumble my business because it's the only uh, the only contracts that I've got. And yeah, so then just responsibility is meaning. So uh, as which we talked about. Okay, so I'm going to give you like, uh, I think there's five or six points I've got here uh, that uh, kind of run through how you might even begin to like go ahead and do this. Um, get the work, right? Okay. Yeah, just, just go get it. Uh, no, what I mean by that is because it is different. It's different to the work you're getting now. Um, and because what, this is, this is how we're going to tackle the idea, uh, the, the, the roadblock that people uh, bring up of, oh, but I end up, um, uh, it takes me just as long to tell somebody else to do it as it does for me doing it, or they're never as good as me. All of those sort of come roadblocks um, is how we're going to tackle this here. Because what people will do, generally speaking, is they'll be, say they're a logo designer. They're niching down and they're, and they're delivering logo designs. And, uh, and they get another client in, and they always charge X amount for their logos, or a minimum of X amount. 
and this client is no different. They come in and they get the, the quote and it's like X amount. And then, you know, the business owner will say, or the freelancer will say, oh, I'm going to get somebody else to do this because I want to grow my company. And then they'll struggle to find somebody who will do it for any amount that will really create a profit. They're then they don't understand your quality of work. This new freelancer won't understand your quality of work. Won't understand the client relationship you have with them, especially if they're an ongoing client won't understand your workflow and your process and how you like delivering things and et cetera. Um, what your personal preferences are with the trends of logo design at the moment. And so they're, they're immediately at a loss or immediately at a, they're, they're going to lose. You've set them, you've almost set them up to fail. Um, despite how good that freelancer is. Um, so we're going to avoid that. So what you want to do is you want to quote for something that you can't deliver. That's what I used to do. Um, like the animated video, quote for something that you personally cannot deliver. You have to find somebody else to be able to deliver it for you. That's one way to, it's not the only way, but it's one way to immediately remove like 30% of all the roadblocks because you won't be able to deliver it. Um, Okay, or come up with a connected service. So if you are selling logo design, then uh, you know, work with somebody to create the collateral or um, uh, you know, something like that, just connected. If you're doing SEO services, you know, move into um, uh, implementation of that or consulting for that, et cetera. Uh, then Google how to do it, which I've spoken about. Because, uh, and, but call your previous and existing clients as well. Call them and just say, I'm launching uh, this new service. I'm just wondering if you needed it. And because they've worked with you before, you'll be able to bring them in and then you've got this new service. So that's, that's what I would say is that you want to get the type of work that is uh, something you personally cannot deliver. That isn't because it's the best way or it's the only way but it, of growing a team, but it certainly removes 30, 40% of these roadblocks where you're going to go, oh, this is not as good as me or, uh, you know, et cetera. Okay, so number two is to uh, and then find the people that can do it. So Google the skill set that they need. So if it is that, like the animated video thing, I didn't even know what type of software you would do animation in. That's how little I knew. And so you need to you need to know that. But so researching, there's obviously tons of jobs. So researching as if you were an animator looking for work and you're looking over these job positions and you're finding out, oh, this. Uh, this job here is stating it needs to be done in uh, this software and that software and or these uh, this coding language needs to be used etc for this type of job so you, you're starting to learn all the lingo you're starting to learn the terminology and the uh, uh, the, the skill sets required um, and you want to pull these job positions together and you want to share them with you the people that you know through these type of communities because you that's another way that you can bring people in but I've always found that uh, I I've had the best um, return, uh, both monetary but also of skill, uh, via working with people through online platforms, um, job platforms, and you, there's loads of them out there. But Upwork is the main one that I use personally, and it has a it has a, a great um, sort of uh, a screenshot system where you're able to see the other person work, and that gets you out of a lot of troubles. Uh, again, I could do a whole deck on just how you sort of bring people on through Upwork and the complications of that and also um, uh, how to avoid the pitfalls. But that's where you want to head if you are thinking about bringing on other people on um, through a job platform. I would say try Upwork, uh, post it on your website, post a job link in online communities. Um, 
because what you this is how you also want to do is you want okay we'll go into vet them all right so we'll vet them um I, so when you are vetting these people right there's there's a few things that you can really do to minimize your risk and because essentially this is risky right you're quoting for a job that you don't know how to deliver and we'll go into quoting in a moment because in theory this is the type of work that you want to do prior to even quoting okay so um so you're going to ask these people who apply to your job role once you created it and you put it on Upwork um, or wherever, is you want to ask them for a cover, cover letter. Um, one, if you are working with people, people abroad, which I do predominantly, is that you're just testing their English, you're testing their communication skills, etc. cetera. Um, you want to ask them to answer several written questions and make them about the job. So obviously things like, you know, uh, what software would you use to create this? And uh, have you done another job very similar to this? Can you link me to it, et cetera? Because then it requires them to write down their answers uniquely for that job role. And again, it's a, it's a form of vetting. It's a form of you just understand because you'll find an array of skill when it comes down to just being able to put a, an application together for these jobs. This is so, gold. This is gold. Is it great? Good. Yes. <laughs> okay. And then, uh, and of course, ask them to record a loom video. Now, you'll find that 90% of people don't. And that's another, you, you can still hire people who don't record loom videos. Um, but those that do are really from, like confident with uh, sort of jumping on video and jumping, you know, and their English is obviously they're very confident with their English. Uh, so this is another way to get over any complications when you're hiring abroad etc but also loom video if you're not hiring abroad if you're uh, in britain you're hiring an Amer uh, american or australian or canadian etc or vice versa is that uh, get, getting people to do a loom video can really can show you a lot about their personality uh, can also just show you where they they are and the uh, sort of what's the equipment that they have etc so it's um, it's really important but always 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 jump on a video call with them don't hire. Do not hire unless you've uh, jumped on a video call with them. Again, for all the reasons. It's about vetting them. It's about vetting them. So they're just some of the things that, again, will get you uh, away from some of these roadblocks. So this is probably one of the more interesting parts of this, is that how do you create a safety net? Because I, I would imagine a lot of the questions that are, uh, the people are having right now are things like, but what if the freelancer screws me or, you know, what if, um, uh, what if they, uh, there's just no profit or et cetera. So this is how you would, this is how I've found that I've been able to avoid those pitfalls. And, uh, and even when the, the, you can say crap, right? The crap has hit the fan, right? You, you still have plenty of resources to correct it. And this is how I've done it. So when you get these people, uh, sort of applying, right? So I'll go from here. When you get these people applying, uh, set it by project, not by hour. I, I hire hourly now, um, but if you do it by project, then it immediately caps. You know that if you say, oh, okay, the budget is 1,500 bucks uh, for X, Y, and Z to be done. Then one, you're upfront with your budget. People can then apply and, and you know, know the cost and, uh, and they're, they're agreeing to that amount. If by this point, which from, uh, from my advice, you, you wouldn't know how much to charge, right? Then you ask them in one of your questions, you say, how much would it cost for this, right? And without putting any budget. And they all come back and you can get an average figure. And say the average figure is 2,000 for this animated video, right? That people are coming back. And um, uh, then you know that 
you want to quote the client at least three times more than that cost. So if you charge, so you've got to charge at least six grand. And that's another great thing. It's because people would be like, three times more than it costs? Like they could go and hire a freelancer themselves and do it. Yeah, that's great. But they're not, they're, they're hiring your quality lens. They're hiring your sort of uh, professional infrastructure and everything else that you're developing. And they've got a working relationship, especially if it's a previous client, like I recommended, uh, and selling an, uh, an extended service is that they are familiar with your work and that's worth the money. Um, because as you know, even tackling this, trying to find somebody can be difficult. So, and I've, and I've even almost worked as a recruitment agency for some of my clients because of like, I need someone who specializes in Salesforce and, and I'm like, <laughs> that's not something we can do, but I can, you know, set you up with some people. And then I've done that. And for, um, like on a commission basis. <laughs> So anyway, so is that you want to, yeah, definitely quote, get them to quote for the projects and you capped in at a, at a max amount it will cost. So if you then charge the client three times more, you could, you could pay the client, you could pay the freelancer the full two grand. He could deliver or she could deliver nothing, nothing to you, right? And you still got this, you've got this an opportunity to do the exact same again before you're even into your last two grand of, of profit or you, of what, what, you, what you would pay yourself, as, as, for example. And that's another thing is you wanna quote uh, the client three times longer than it takes. So you ask them, um, how long is it gonna take? The freelancer says it's two weeks. You think, well, that's probably more like three weeks for them, right? Because they all, everybody always thinks they can do it quicker than they actually can, right? So you say, you think, okay, it's like two to three weeks. I'm gonna quote at least, at least six weeks to the, uh, to the clients. Um, and I, I've found that actually through my experience, a lot of clients that I've worked with don't are perfectly happy, not setting an, a specific deadline. The only ones that really require a specific deadline are ones they've gone, Oh, we've got a whole marketing, uh, angle here. That's, uh, uh, you know, campaign that's going to be launching on the first and we need that animated video for it, for example, if it's to do with the animated video. And so, so there's, there's the odd client there, but then you can always, then it justifies a markup. It justifies everything else. So you can, um, because they've got a, a set deadline that you have to deliver by. So when you're working with these freelancers for the first time, I would encourage to not commit to a, a job that has that type of deadline. And they're far and few between, I found. They're far and few between. So don't commit to that. Find these type of clients that are like, oh, it'd be great if we can get it done in this amount of time. And you're like, well, it's, it's been around six to eight weeks, but I'll, I'll keep you updated. And obviously you'll see a version before then. So I'll, you know, I'll let you know. Keep it really open-ended. But always quote three times longer. Again, just because everything can fail. You can fire a new freelancer, bring them in and get an, another uh, two weeks out of them. Uh, 50% upfront from the client, obviously, um, you're probably all doing that already and then pay your freelancer in escrow. So you're not even paid your freelancer and you would only pay 50% at most upfront to the freelancer in escrow. So they know you're good for it. They can begin and, uh, you can see like a first draft of their work before you're even releasing any money that's protected me numerous times. Um, okay. So that's your safety net. Um, spec the work. So when it comes down to the, uh, to the work with, that you spec for, um, uh, both from the client and, but also for the freelancers, you got to really, really crystal clear deliverables, clear expectations, clear deadlines, do your research. So um, 
yeah, I, I don't know how to expand on any of those really, but they've just got to be really crystal clear, um, especially if you're working with people um, who are uh, English is their second language, etc. Um, because the literal meaning can skewer a lot of things. So be very, very clear on what you uh, are looking for. And then the management of this. So this is what you kind of touched upon, and we'll talk about this after this because uh, this is the last slide, basically. Um, uh, with regards to how do you how do you keep a team and keep them motivated and keep them working for you and not moving to other jobs, etc. Um, but yeah, so obviously log everything on your task manager so you've got a record of everything that was done and when it was done, etc. Communication app of choice, whether it be Slack, etc. Uh, show up for work every day, right? So like every morning, I, I'm like, good morning, team. How's everyone going? <laughs> show up because it's uh, you'll be surprised how that routine is is worth a lot um and ask ask about more than just work like i ask about uh you know the kids and i know when their birthdays are and um, you know it's all of that sort of stuff um that really matters because because then when they when something happens which like life gets in the way which it ultimately does it always does for everybody and they go oh my goodness my 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 wife's just been it was something something's happened to my wife or been fired from work or whatever. And uh, can I take today off? I'm like, of course, like go one, because I've built in enough buffer and all the uh, angles for that to be fine. But then also they're comfortable with discussing that with me because I know they've got family and everything else. So, and then that's an immediate, like it's, it, it immediately shows where my real uh, values are. It's not about the work. It's not about the hidden deliverables. I'll sort out the client. You know what I mean? I'll let them know if something's going to be delayed, et cetera. Um, you know what I mean? The, the, the team has got to be the focus. Like the team has got to be the, uh, your, your main priority, not the client, almost. It's got to be, that, it's got to be down to the, the solidarity of the team because you'll find clients that want to work with that, solidarity, that uh, solid uh, team. Congratulate, stupid, but congratulate them on their efforts. You'd be surprised how many people just don't, don't congratulate people. Don't say thank you. Don't, you know, don't, don't give, uh, you, you must notice when you present, you present something to a client, it, all it takes is them to go, oh my God, this is amazing. And you go, ha, 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 it's amazing. Like it's, a, you know, and it just lights you up and then you can't, you're dancing for the rest of the day. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. And it's, it's not, not a case of being insincere. In it's about finding the opportunities where you can genuinely congratulate them. And I do it all the time, all the time with my team. It's like, you know, uh, even things, because now like they'll, we'll have a deadline and, uh, I'll, I'll say, is there any chance you can work later? And they're like, yeah, of course, I love working late. And because they, <laughs> so funny. Um, and then at the end of the day, I'm like, listen, I just want to say, I really appreciate you working this late. It's, you know, and they're like, no, honestly, it's no problem. I'm like, so good work today. And then, and, and you just know, I just know the feeling. I know that I know what it feels like on the other end when you have a uh, quote unquote, a boss, you know, somebody who's managing you to, uh, to really thank you for your efforts on a day-to-day -day basis. And that's, that's got to be a massive reason why people have uh, not lost a team member. Uh, give precise feedback and quickly. Never let people sit on work. Um, always give precise feedback. Obviously, sandwich bad feedback, you know, uh, with good feedback, et cetera. You know, the, you know the, uh, 
the the journey there and then give bonuses and wage increases so that's another like i've had people that have worked for me for years and uh, uh i always i know that ultimately uh that um that money is worth less every year uh, you know uh, so ultimately they they've got to be paid more every year and ultimately by doing that by increasing my wages to to um my team it only forces me to increase my uh, prices with my clients and that only you know makes me uh, just follow the trends of, uh, of of the industry as opposed to end up stuck on the same with the same client for five years on the same wage you charged them you know five years ago so yep there you go right so and then uh, there's a nice egotistical picture of me in my uh, modeling days <laughs> I love it it's a great picture oh, lovely so I hope this helped um, uh, keep in touch download this deck there at yetiink.com uh, slash build your team and you can follow me and follow my company if you wish um, and uh, not that I'm massive on social at all but yeah feel free and if you want to email me about anything any questions about this at all just email me on this uh, email here awesome okay okay, okay. so that was David Bowie. <laughs> I've been called David Bowie a lot, actually. Um, I've had women like run across the street when I used to wear my leather jacket and they grab me by the face and be like, oh, look, it looks like David Bowie, David Bowie. <laughs> I was just like, oh, great. Okay. So yeah, I've had that. I've had that a lot. Okay. So I just want, so something. Sorry, a lot. Is, I kind of just chucked it all out there. You did. Oh, you did. Okay. It was great. And we have three minutes left. So, cause oh, I, do we? Oh, no. Okay. Oh, you did so good. It was, it was top. It's really like we need a part two. Okay. For sure. But we're going to have you at camp. And I think we need to dig into this for sure. Look, Doc's like, you crushed it. A lot of people in the chat. So thinking about, so I kind of want to, two things before I let you go. One is the whole Upwork thing. Okay. So um, there, you know, some people would be like, oh, well, that's kind of like you're taking advantage of people. But it really can be advantageous for both you as the employer and for them because it you're you're going to pay them um hopefully they're charging what they think it is worth and not um yeah if if the yeah if the if the if there is anybody thinking oh there's like i don't know where that, that necessarily comes from the idea that you could be taking advantage of somebody i suppose the only way is is if you think on a literal basis that what you're paying them, you wouldn't pay somebody in your country or something. But it's, it, you know, it's surprising when you, when you Google how much the average person earns in that country, I pay great, great wages for, you know, in comparison to that. And so, you know, some of my uh, folks are on 20 yards an hour. You know, I could find people in the UK who would be willing to work for that, for this, you know, in the same line of work. And so, um, you know, it doesn't mean you underpay them. You, you charge your clients correctly. And, and then, you know, it's only, it's only a problem if you charge your clients as if it's just you doing the work. And therefore, you usually underprice yourself. We all know that, the imposter syndrome and everything else. So you'll underprice yourself. You'll charge the clients what you think you're worth and then try to find somebody else to do it. Won't be able to find, that, find anybody and then have to pay $4 an hour for them. And, and, there may be a potential chance that you are taking advantage in that. But even then for people for $4 an hour, you'll be able to find countries where that transfer rate works for them. So um, you're going to get a much better skill set if you have more budget. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's on, that's on us to make sure that we charge our clients correctly. 
So the other thing is, is that you have gotten, you, you have created a team. So then they are, they're willing to just like any team. They're, they're very thankful because you are providing multiple opportunities for them, not just one opportunity every six months, because again, um, you have a neat way of doing it. I had never even thought about saying, hey, I have this new skill set to my clients, my existing clients, and saying, would this be interesting to you? Because now you're actually getting work for that person. You're also making them understand that you value what they do. You value how you worked with them, and you're going to try to find them more work also, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, well, it's funny because with coronavirus, there was a, there was a, a situation where – clients were paying me less because of coronavirus etc and uh and it could you know i obviously i'm in a protected state where in theory i just not have my team work right because i've no contractual obligation from an employee standpoint etc 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 um but uh, but of course i know that the entire infrastructure that i've built falls apart unless i keep them so i reduce my wage you know, I kept them, used the money that was in the company and I kept them working at full capacity. And, uh, and that's what sometimes you have to do to keep that, you, do you know what I mean? That team together. And now what's ended up happening is that I've, I've ended up like, there's a, there's a job I'm in sort of like tender for at the moment, which is worth hundreds of thousands of dollars um, uh, per annum. And, and I can only deliver that because I have the team to be able to deliver it. I'm only even, and do you know what I mean, on the table because I have the team to be able to deliver that. And if I lost all my team during COVID, then I'm back to, you know, four grand per project type gigs. And uh, that's the other thing is that when you, you just got to prioritize the team. You got to prioritize the team because it's, 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 it means you can just, you can deliver so much more value to your, to your clients. Um, yeah. There's a um, book Simon Sinek wrote called Leaders Eat Last, and that is the epitome. What you're explaining is that you sacrificed to make sure that they had food on their table and that they were still oh, getting paid, right? And that's yeah. what you have to do, and it wasn't easy. This hasn't been easy, but you, you had enough. You don't just spend everything you make every month. You are putting things away. You're saving. You're being good with your money, but you're also, I love, that you are celebrating just like back on stage when you were really 14, you liked the applause at the end. Right. And now you know that if somebody else is being the actor, somebody else is doing the d development or somebody else, just how much that meant to you to be appreciated. You also are giving them the applause, right? You're saying, Oh my goodness, this was great. And I just love that you're encouraging to them, but I also love that it's, this becomes a family and you do your friends. You're not, they're not just contractors. I believe if we all would just make more friends every week, then we would be better off. And it's not about transactional. Like I give you this, you give me this. You're, you're giving more because you want, you want more for them and you want more for you. Cause you like to have extra responsibility cause you're in it for meaning. I just love it. This was super good. Great. Good. Well, I hope it was of value. And um, mm. yeah, if you want to download that uh, deck, obviously you can do so. Uh, feel free. And yeah. Uh, any questions? Like, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Oh. <laughs>
definitely uh, fly them my way. I'll be. Oh. Uh, so Melinda said so valuable. She's already downloaded it. Um, Doc says it allow working, doing things, giving things, having other people on his team has allowed him to take care of them as well as. Um, and I think that that is, it's really joyful to be able to know that you're part of somebody's success. I know that my friend Dustin, he'll say, when somebody comes up to him and says, oh my gosh, I bought your brushes. He like whips out his phone. And he's like, look, you paid for my kid's bike. You know? <laughs> and I, I think that's such a, that's um, so he just makes it so that it's, and I think you're like that too. Like you're, it's, you're part of their success and they're part of your success. I just think it's a really beautiful story. And I think you're super smart. All right. I want to make sure everybody knows how to get in touch with you. And I, I mean, at some point, this is a very meaty thing. We are just touching on it. We're going to touch on it a little bit more at camp, but is this maybe something you're going to create a course for? Are you just trying to see if this is, there's interest in there and if people really want to understand how to do this? Yeah, I, I, I thought about uh, the possibility of creating a course. Well, I, I want to provide value because what I, you know, if anybody asked me, this is what I kind of came to the realization of recently, is if anybody asked me, oh, how did you kind of create a company and end up sort of um, working with these type of clients, et cetera, I was always saying, oh, I just Googled it. <laughs> that was, that's what I'm going to go to. I just Googled it. You just, everything's there. You just, you just need to learn it. That's it. Uh, somebody else has already put in the effort and, and explained how to do it. And then it, it hit me is that I've never, ever pretty much given back into the ecosystem. I've only ever taken. So I've only ever learned and then I've never really provided any value back into it. I've certainly given recommendations. I've obviously helped my clients, but I've never given back into the ecosystem. So I've, I've, no, I've no immediate desire to like, Earn a, earn a fast buck on uh, creating a course necessarily. Um, you know, I've got a lot of work on with the clients and, and, uh, and that's where my focus is. But I do want to take this as an opportunity to you sort of uh, asking me to be on the podcast today to give as much value as I can. So if there is anybody that is like, oh, I really desperately need to, to grow a team or I do believe that that's my way to solve X, Y, and Z, then reach out to me. I'll help in any way I can. Uh, we can jump on a call as well. But also, if there are enough people that, I, that, that do want me to get the whole process down in some sort of video course, then I'll carve out time. I'll try and work out how much that ends up costing me and then I'll split it across how many, you know, I think it will cost. And then just to kind of, you know, cover my, my, uh, my time, but ultimately, yeah, I just want to anywhere that I can serve and, uh, and give back. Well, sign me up. I'm number one. Great. I really okay. want to know how to do this <laughs> because okay. I think it's, um, it's, it is those, your can'ts. I can't, I, there's a whole section just on communication that I've realized. I'm like, Oh man, I got to work on this. Like, it, um, it's very painful to me. And I think I just need to harness my inner Craig and get it so that I can do this. Right. But it, I'm really thankful that you think it's easy. <laughs> um, but I think there's a lot, there's a lot of support in, in that. I, that you, yeah, well, I, I never, I never really delved into the communication much on, on the deck and stuff. Obviously there's only so much I can uh, deliver, but yeah, I, there's, yeah, reach out and yeah, definitely I'll, 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 any way that I can help. 
All right. So the best way to, I guess, if they go to Yeti Inc. So it's two eyes, people. If you're that's listening. right, yeah, it's got a it's got a sneaky eye in there. So it's yetiinc.com. Uh, and then you can go forward slash build build uh, your team. You know, the link's just there actually in the yes. uh, in the chats. So just go there. You can download, and it's got my on that page actually. It's got my um uh, uh when you download the, the guide or whatever, it's uh, it can tell it tells you my Instagram and stuff like that, but also my email address, which is uh, Hayworth or Craig at yetiinc.com. Okay. All right, so those things will be underneath if you guys want to get in touch with him or if you're listening on iTunes, um, Craig, C-R-A-I-G, at yetiinc.com. Like, yeah, it's, not, it's really easy. Right. Okay. I'm just excited. I'm. Thank you so much. Your deck was awesome, by the way, just so you know, and I just appreciate Great. it. And I'm excited that he'll be first at camp. I mean, not maybe the first person, but he was the first person that said yes. So I'm very excited about that. I really didn't get any of the questions because some of them were covered in your deck. So I'll have to re like re um, wins camp. I think next year, Melinda, thanks for asking. I think I'm going to do, I think it was a little too close to the end of, um, it was too close to school for me. And then I had some people die and it was just too much to try to fit into two weeks. So I know it sounds terrible, but my granny's with Jesus. So we're good. Um, the, um, it'll be, I think, June 15th through July 15th. It'll still be a five-week period. So, but anyway, adjusting a little bit. Don't worry. We're going to have a little campfire chat reunion sometime, probably at the end of October. So don't, don't worry. It's, it's coming. I'm just still catching up. But thanks for asking, Melinda. Okay. Next week is um, a rapid recharge. I'm going to teach a little bit of something that I'm going to do a workshop with my friend Costas in December that hopefully you guys are interested. It's kind of like a mini camp. So Craig, thank you so much for coming back. And we have another hurricane. So I'm so thankful the hurricane's like coming on Friday and not today because that would have been terrible. It would have been like, what's up, right? <laughs> Somebody doesn't like me. <laughs> I know. Yeah. No. So I hope you guys will. Whoop, I got blurry. I hope you guys will tune in next week. And I know if you're listening on iTunes, you probably are just getting, or wherever you get your podcast, you're just getting inundated with all these uh, design recharge episodes because I've been overwhelmed and I haven't gotten up. So I will thank you for everybody who comes live. It is getting done. I am getting a new system, a system in place with other people. So I am trying to do my best to scale as well so it's just growing pains right it's just growing pains Craig thank you thank you so much I'm gonna hit stop <laughs>